Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM with myself, Kyle Teixeira. Sitting across from me, it's John Teixeira. This, hello. This week, we are back to talk about does recession equal housing bust? Now, if you are interested in this topic or anything else we talk about or just want to talk to our smiling faces over a phone where you won't see us, give us a call at 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com. Now, let's get into it. Does recession equal housing bust? So, I almost... I almost hate this topic, right? We because I'm an topic. optimist and, and <laughs> I hate talking about negative things. And But we have to talk about it because we need to be constantly educating our clients, our friends and family, the people that we talk to. We need to make sure people have a, a really good understanding of where we're going and and understand the, at least the current climate that we're in without listening to all the news headlines, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, I have to say, the news headlines, they don't intend to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, to, to deceive us or to, to derail our thinking, right? But it I, does. I completely disagree with that. Well, I think they totally intend sometimes to they deceive do intend and, to. and steer your thinking. But <laughs> Okay. You read into my comment. My comment was sometimes there's a, a, a benign title like, do we have a housing bust? Right. And that leads people to think we got a housing bus coming just because they read that headline. Yeah. And it, I guess we're, we're, we're trying, we want to talk about the correlation and the non correlation, right? right? Between these yep. two things. Because people think recession and they, they jump to 08, right? They're like, oh, recession, recession 08, housing that's, busted that's in 08, one. Yep. crashed in 08. And they're like, they're all the same thing when they're, you know, fundamentally different. They're, the causes and effects of both are completely different. So I was raising a family during the recession previous to 08 in 1999 and 2000. We call that the, um, uh, internet bust. What did we call that? It's not what we called it. Darn it. Lost it. The tech bubble of 2000 tech bubble. There you go. Thank you. Or that's the dot com bubble. Dot com bubble. That's what we called it. That's what we called it. We're not talking about the dot com bubble. Um, we are <laughs> going to talk about. The housing bust, I guess, right? But no, um, the talk, the dot com bubble was a pretty good recession, and that's a good example of what I think is coming right now. We probably have, and, and we're we're going to back up and define this, right? But we probably have a very similar type of recession coming in terms of the housing market, because my home during right at, right during and after the dot com bubble increased in value more than twofold. The one I owned at that time. Well, and, and let's talk about you know, we're, we're the correlation between the two is vastly different. We're in a lot more very similar economic conditions now. Which two? I think we're confusing people. Which <laughs> two are we talking about now? Well, the ho housing a housing bubble and a recession. Right? Oh, got they're, it. They're, got they're it. Okay. Completely Back on track. Separate. But the economic conditions of the dot com bubble are way more similar than the economic conditions of the 08 crash. That's yes. that's what you were trying that's to say. That's what I'm saying. And yes, that is completely true. So, yes. and as we go into this, I want to mm. specify that we are not financial advisors. This is not financial <laughs> advice, and all everything we discuss on this is uh, based solely on our opinions and experience. But. The reason we say that is because the tech bubble or dot-com bubble of, of 2000 was a, way more of a financial instability in the financial system, um, where 08 was you know, tied to the financial system, but it, the source, the foundation of that whole crash was in the housing market, in the financial 
piece of the housing market where right now the financial pieces of the housing market are very strong um, to put it in a very general sense and the financial system stock market and all that stuff um, is very similar to where it was in dot com there in 2000 <laughs> so economies typically are how people feel about an economy is based on what is happening with their wealth right mm-hmm And so some people have their wealth wrapped up in real estate. So when real estate goes up and down, that affects how they feel about their wealth and how they, which then drives how they spend money, right? Some people have their wealth tied up in the stock market, which is a completely different ball of game, right? Did I just mess? Did I just (laughs) ball of game? (laughs) I just mixed up two metaphors. That's pretty good. I love it. I think you're talking think, about a ball of meat when you say I think, it that no, way. No, I think but. I was going with ball of wax and a different game. I don't have no idea ball what game? that was. Ball game? Different ball game different is ball what game. you were let's, trying Let's to do say. that. Let's go with that. So, um, but anyways, so that's a different experience. So if all your money is in the stock market and that does, go as that goes up and down, that also affects how you feel right now about your wealth. That That's kind of a psychological truth about our economy, but, you know... If if you just got laid off and unemployment is at really high levels, then that is the thing that would make you feel whether the economy is good or bad, right? It, mm-hmm. I just made that scenario up, but um, clearly that's not what's happening right now. But so so those people that are off getting new jobs at higher rates, maybe they feel great about the economy right now because they're not in the stock market and they've owned a home since you know 2010 and and they're doing great. Well, and yeah, there's a lot of different pieces of our current economy. Like, and like you said earlier, there's a lot of deception, in my opinion, going on because you're hearing very conflicting things about our economy. You got, you know, people like our president coming out and saying people's savings have never things been are better, great. right? You know, their savings things have never better been better. Americans have never been more financially <laughs> stable, you know? Um, and you can't help but laugh at that. Well, yeah. there's also a headline from, you know, his. Yeah, no, from the White his House. Own, his own supporters can't. Yeah. His own supporters can't help but laugh at that. <laughs> well, we're not talking about that specifically, but the point is, you're hearing complete opposites. Like our economy's never been better, uh, but we're heading for a recession, and people have more money than ever, but they can't spend it, and their debt's high. And like, what does that even mean? Well, um, let, let's back up, Kyle. Yeah. Our our topic is does basically wraps around does a house does a recession equal housing bust? No. So and. So define a recession for us. And our answer, let's be clear that our answer is no, because the core they're not directly correlated. So like you said, let's define a recession. Recession in general terms is a decline year over year in the economy or quarter over quarter. So um, generally based on gross domestic product. So you take the gross domestic product at the beginning of the year and quarter later, it's down. Next quarter, it's down. They would define, economics would define that as a recession because it's receding. Um, now, it doesn't mean the entire economy is receding. It could mean pieces of it are while other pieces are going up. So you you said in during dot-com bubble recession uh, that your housing value went up. Well, we can talk about how, you know, that was a stock market factor, mm-hmm. right? The bubble that burst was in the stock market and the tech stocks and the dot-com stocks. Um, well, a crash isn't just like something that occurs, right? In, in technical terms, there's a lot of money being pulled out of something, 
right? There's a, there was a lot of money being sold off during the dot-com bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Wealth doesn't just sit in fiat currency or cash. It generally moves somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when it moves from something speculative and risky like tech stocks, it gets moved back into something conservative where, you know, real estate falls into the stable <laughs> piece right. of it. So. Right, we, and that you, you that kind of blends to another topic that we we that we probably will address in the future. You know about um, uh, about the the amount of corporate rentals at least here in Tarrant County is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's your point is okay. Stock market's getting risky. Let's pick up and move right to a different sector of the economic system. So to speak. So what? So okay. So you rotations. You defined a recession as having two quarters where our GDP is down. I didn't hear anything about houses in there. Because the gross domestic product does does a house? This is a good question. Does housing is it at all included in the gross domestic product? Yes. Don't ask me to explain how. Well, but no, yes. it's easy. <laughs> the answer is really easy. A new every new house that's built and sold because should become part of our gross domestic product. Correct. The resale of that house later on is not included in those numbers, but it's a new product that was just built and sold on the market that should be part of our gross domestic product. I'm not an economist, a so whether part of the equation, yes. Whether it actually <laughs> is or not, I'm not going to attest to, but it, it definitely should be based on my my limited understanding of what the gross domestic domestic product is. And I'm sure Steve will Google this and erase this whole part of our podcast if I'm wrong. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to specify because you're, you're you're right in some ways, wrong in some some other ways. But um, but a housing bust. Okay, so let's talk about the big fear. Is the big fear that I keep getting asked about is, and the reason people the recession and housing bust get correlated in people's head is of course because of 08 in 08 really 06 07 08 whatever you want to call it was or the great recession that they now call it was a recession and a housing bust that occurred in the same time period and they were tied together at that and, that point in time and while the housing bust may not been the exact origin of the recession it was the reason for the recession Mm-hmm. Where most recessions are not caused by housing, usually housing rises in spite of recessions. As a matter of fact, four of the last six recessions that we've had since 1980, housing prices have appreciated during that recession. And during none of those did we have as significant of a supply problem as we have right now. Yeah. Exactly. And if we get rid of all the the macroeconomics that we're currently talking mm-hmm. about and think of a massive lack of supply in housing alone causes housing prices to go up. That's a TikTok right there. You just <laughs> you just made a TikTok statement. Maybe, but I love it. the the point is that that is an economic factor of our micro market, the housing market that we're talking about that causes prices to go up. So 
where leading up to 08 or <laughs> there's a lot different economic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everything was different. Yes. Every, the entire environment regarding housing was completely different than it is right now. Especially because when the, the price problem of the housing crash was, it was the opposite. It was oversupply, huge oversupply at some, with, you know, no demand because of a lot of factors. <laughs> well, yes. Demand dropped very quickly. It did drop Let's very say that. quickly. Well, and that's when, the fear right when everybody now. Everybody stopped buying five real five rental properties when they had no business owning any rental properties. <laughs> well, that's the fear right now. Is that and that what you just described? The extreme drop in demand is what's scaring people because there has been a pretty extreme drop in demand for housing over the last three months. It absolutely has. But the reason. The reason that there's been a drop in demand is because people are frustrated with the m current market, not because they don't want a house. Uh, so the demand is still there and it's getting pent up and it's going to get more and more pent up as this goes on because people are on the sidelines. They're not, it's not that they don't want it anymore. It's they're waiting on the sidelines. And affordability. For better, yeah, you know, for better conditions, for, whatever that is. With appreciation rates in the last two years combined with interest rates going up three points in three months. Hey, this will become the new norm. The interest rates will become the new norm eventually. Mm -hmm. The housing prices will become the new norm. $4 a gallon for gas will become the new norm and we'll start bitch, stop bitching about it eventually, right? It, it will all become our new norm just like it did in the 80s and the 90s when things went through the roof. And and then we'll move on to a, to a through our new normal. We'll wait five, ten years, government will do it again, and then they'll blame <laughs> it on something else, and uh, those are our cycles. So uh. <laughs> so I guess you don't believe that the recession equals a housing bust. No, because I think that currently, in our current economic conditions, real estate's one of the safest places to be. And it's because partially of, well, we don't have the same factors as OA at all. You know, um, we don't have mortgages being sold as crap securities. So I'm not going to get into that, but um, please don't. The the root cause of the 08 crash does not is not is in a healthy condition right now. That's all I'll say on that. <laughs> it is um, it is healthier mortgages and how we how we back them and and that part of our financial system learned a lot of lessons that are still fresh from 08. And, huge, and while I do believe we'll make those mistakes again, Oh, they've Eventually. already been made again. But the uh, the percentage of homes in the U.S. that are owned by institutional investors and basically the wealth of our country is way higher than it was back then. Yes, and sir. the wealth of our country does not allow that, does not allow the market, all their money is in to uh, decline. So if you want the simplest answer you can get is all the rich people are protecting the value of real estate, then, you know, we can... We can say it that way. And then people like that answer. So <laughs> so everybody's getting out of Tesla and buying a rental property? The smart people? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because there's not people. There are life insurance funds and, and wealth funds and <laughs> hedge funds and all. You're all. right. 51% in Tarrant County, 33%, I believe that 35% across the country are owned by, by those kinds of investors. So... Um, follow the money. Yep. The money's doing, that's what the money's doing. The money's leaving the stock market, which is why it's going down and they're going into real estate. 
So why, why does recession not equal housing bust? Well, in a lot of things we just described, a recession, it will essentially help the housing market because the one, it's a gap, right? It's a gap between mm-hmm. affordability. It's, as housing slow gets... Slow it down. They slow it down. Housing can continue to go up and become less affordable. And we're talking about 51% in Tarrant County. You know, institutional investors these days want to own all of it. They... You know that that's the world we're going to is uh, is uh, big money doesn't want you to own anything. Um, that's just a fact. <laughs> yes, you are right. There is a portion of our population that wants to take away the middle class, and and even they may not realize what they're what they're doing when they when they say that. But but they don't want. They would rather institutional investors own everything. So that they can control the real estate and control the market. And what makes America great is that we don't allow that to happen, right? So go out and buy yourself a house and do your part to make sure that institutional investors don't own a majority of America. (laughs) <laughs> like they do Tarrant County. Yeah, and we're not saying this as like speculative opinions where it may sound that way. Like this is what their money is doing. That's mm-hmm. just a fact. That's what their money has been doing. It's never been doing it at a higher rate than it has since COVID started, since the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. Never anywhere close to the rate that they've been buying up real estate in the last two years has ever occurred. Um, but that was also a true statement before COVID. They were also buying at unprecedented rates before COVID. Now yes. it's even more unprecedented, which is your point. But, but they were already buying at enormous rates before then. Yeah, and and they will continue because the 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 thing that pushes the average person out of being able to to compete is interest rates, right? And we've talked a lot about interest rates. These institutional investors don't care about the interest rate because, well, they do care um, because they're making money on the interest. Uh, they're making money off that interest because they're selling these mortgages, but they buy those houses for cash in, in general terms, which isn't doesn't need an interest rate. Um, Open Door buys tons of houses and they lose money. My watch just told me they don't understand. Maybe that's a sign that that our podcast is no good. Well, everybody knows Zillow. Everybody loves Zillow for what they do, and just talk to us about Zillow. How'd Zillow do at buying up a whole bunch of real yeah, estate? They got smart and said, "Up, oh, this is not this is not working." Uh, they didn't get smart. They uh, closed that division and lost billions of dollars. <laughs> well, they realized their losses, yes, but they they realized that this is not a good business model and they moved on from it. Mm-hmm. Open Door is doubling down on it because they've got a bunch of uh, venture capitalists and and bunch of people pouring money into their business model, just like you know we brought, we talked about it before. Just like Uber is you know being propped up and funded by you know. Yeah, but don't start too far off. So, and it it may sound like we're jumping to a bunch of different topics, but in reality, these are the these are the points that should give you confidence in your in housing, the housing market, and housing value. Because ignoring all the noise and the things like you said, deceptive headlines and all that stuff, there's certain factors in the economy and in the housing market that cause things to happen. It's not all psychological, you know. It's not like oh, everyone thinks there's going to be a crash, and now it's going to crash. That's not how it works, you know. Um, a market and a value is what people are willing to pay, and we just told yeah. you the that the wealthy and all the big money in our country is buying up. Every, they're willing to pay whatever to buy up property. 
Yeah, and I hear it all the time. I hear people that are that waiting for they're waiting on the sidelines for uh, the bus. They're waiting for it to get better. They're waiting for prices to come down. I hear these statements, and it's hard for me not to roll my eyes because I know in my heart and soul that none of those things are going to happen. What will happen has already kind of happened right now in the present, and that is things will come down to a normal healthy rate, right? Normal healthy rate in Texas has always been, I say three to 5%. It's really probably more like three to 8% in Texas has been a normal appreciation rate in Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Houston, Austin. We have seen some outrageous numbers. Well, and, and we're talking about rate of increase. We're right. talking about a rate of increase. Exactly. That is not so it's increasing. So it's going to be how quickly more it's going expensive up. later than it is now. Yeah. So us going the housing market going down and what you just described is not increasing as quickly as it was right. when it was increasing insanely rapidly. Right. So, so and, and the one the the biggest this is what I like to tell my friends actually, especially younger people when they tell me they're waiting. Right. They're always waiting. Everyone's always waiting. And I'm like, are you waiting for a time that you're you're year-over-year wage increases is going to beat the housing market? Because that's never going to happen. Maybe that's too technical. Your, how quickly you make more money is not going to beat how quickly the housing market increases. Like, you know, did your, your, your wages went up 5% this year uh, from last year. Okay. Well, housing market went up 15 and then the next year. Oh, well now, now your wages went up 1%. Oh, the housing market went up 15 <laughs> Now your wages went up 3%. Well, guess what? The housing market went up 15. Like, so <laughs> that's compounding appreciation. But the point is, like, you're, what are you waiting for? Because you're just waiting for it to get more expensive. And if, even if your wages do keep up, now you're waiting to pay the same amount. You are absolutely right. So psychologically, the reality is those people that say that, they basically just don't like the current conditions. There's something about the current conditions they don't like. And they're not willing to suck it up and conform to whatever they're currently dealing with, right? So they're going to wait for it to be better. Is that right? Is that kind of the mentality of those people? And you and I are saying, it's not going to get better than it is now. So you should suck it up and change your mindset and do it now because it will be worse later. The things that make you feel... You're also strategizing in a game you're not playing, to keep it really simple. I mean, you're, you're, you're making a game plan for a game you're not in. Another TikTok moment. <laughs> you, but it is. I mean, like, you're, you, it, the, the people who are waiting, that makes some sense. That it makes some sense today to be waiting are the people who are waiting to move up. They're waiting. Say they bought their house, you know, within the last year or two at extremely low interest rates. And they're waiting for interest rates to just to see what happens with interest rates because they're going to be moving up to a house that's bigger or whatever, um, what they want more desirable, whatever it may be, and probably paying more the same amount. Or no, no, not the same amount. They're paying more, a lot more. Mm -hmm. So even if they were to move into just another, they're moving across town into the exact house, same price, everything. They're now paying more for you know, directly comparable house. Mm -hmm. So those people waiting make some sense. They're waiting for 
but they're in the game already, you know? Yeah. They're waiting to play a better hand, mm -hmm. you know? They're, they're, they're folding their hand and waiting for, you know, pocket aces, but. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So recession doesn't equal housing bubble. Go do it. Doesn't equal housing bust. Doesn't equal, equal a housing bust. There is no such thing as a housing bubble in our opinion right now. And well, and, 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 and what caused 08 was a how, what the recession of 08 was caused by a housing bust. A housing bust caused the recession. It wasn't a recession causing housing bust. And that's, that's, right. the, that's like what I've tried to clarify for a while now is yep. one make, one can cause the other, but one doesn't cause like recession does not equal housing bust. Well, and here to, so let's finish with this. The, if, if 2008 is the worst case scenario, and I believe aside from the depression of the 20, 1920s, aside from that, I believe that 2008 was our worst economic downturn and our worst housing crash that we've had since that time, I believe, given most numbers. So if that's the case... It only took us two and a half hours to completely forget that that happened. Years. Two and a half and, years. And, and what Sorry. he's saying is at the tip like of the housing bubble in, in 08, um, if you bought at the tip of it, right, for your housing value to recover took till 2011. If you still own that house today, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's at least doubled, if not quadrupled in value since then. So depending yeah, on where we, he is, of we, course. We manage homes for people that wanted to sell during that time. Oh, and we their do. home was underwater. And we said, don't sell your home. Let's don't sell your home for, I had people coming to the, to the closing table with cash between 2008 and 2010. Paying to get out of their home. Paying to get out of their house. Don't get rid of your house. Sell, hang on to it. Lease it out. You'll be glad you did. And that only took two and a half years. And a, lo a lot of those people, like our oldest management clients that were, mm -hmm. and, and by underwater, this means that, you know, they owe, say, 100000 on it, and now it's only worth ninety, right? So to mm -hmm. get out of it, they needed to pay 10000 to the right. to the lender, exactly. right? Those people, a lot of them waited and just sold like this year, last year, and uh, walked away with blew a ton our of mind. Money. And like, have they ever thanked you? Have you ever got more oh, of a thankful? Yeah, I've gotten, like, oh yes, this could have ruined our lives. And instead, we're walking out of here with you know tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So, yeah, six I'm, figures in some cases. I'm so. helping somebody who bought a condo for uh, I think it was eighty six thousand dollars during that time. He bought a condo while everyone else was running for the fence, running for the hills. He went and bought a condo and he, he's closing on it next month for $200,000. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. I mean, how do you build wealth like that while you're living, while you're living in your house that you're going to pay rent somewhere anyways, you might as well pay yourself rent and go build yourself a bunch of wealth. And if you think that wasn't a huge testament to all money around the world, it was, I mean, the worst possible conditions for the housing market to hit. All right, we're just going to, let's test the water. Let's stand on the sidelines and see. Okay. All right. Two and a half years and oh, that completely recovered. Okay. So now they're looking for any downturn in the housing market to buy stuff up. And this goes back to your statement that um, you're not even playing the game. You're looking for your next hand while you're not even in the game. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it seems, it seems natural economics you hear 
um, buy low, sell high, right? That's true, and that's true in stocks. That's true when you're a venture capitalist. That's true, you know, in a lot of facets economically, right? And our, your, and I viewpoint has always been kind of what you said: get in the game before you make those decisions, right? Because if you're trying to time the market, then you're never going to start building wealth for yourself. The market's mm-hmm. always going to go up. And if there's a small blip, even if it's as bad as 2008, that's still a small bit blip. Go ahead and look at a timeline of the last 20 years and you'll see 2008 just go, bloop, just a little tiny, bloop, and then it cr- crashing upwards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the worst it gets. What, what are you waiting for? Get your money in real estate and out of the stock market. Stock yeah. market's a gamble. Well, I mean, it's it's all investing, right? It's yeah. risk management. So, yep. um, but again, it, the best w- uh, risk management is what you need to do to invest. But hey, tell me, tell me no this. Risk, tell me I'm wrong about this. Everybody who pours money into the stock market feels like this feels extremely smart while it's going up, and they feel like correct. they feel like they are the smartest people on the planet, and they feel wealthy, and they feel like. They're going to do this for the rest of their lives. And as soon as it turns around and tanks, they don't feel that way anymore, do they? No, and the government's printing money into the stock market. and Whatever the reason's they, why, it always it happens. Out. Oh, for sure. It always happens. So That's why they say it's long-term investments. It doesn't always happen. It's Real estate typically doesn't do that to you. That's all I'm saying. Someone tell this guy to go back 20 years and buy Apple. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to. If I had a time machine, I'd be all about the stock market. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd be doing great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So does does uh, does recession equal housing bubble? No. Not equal. Does not equal. Does not housing equal bubble. housing bubble because they no correlation. Doesn't equal a housing bust. Doesn't equal a housing crash. Doesn't equal any of those things. So, does are we looking for a housing housing bust? No, I'm not. I'm looking for a slowdown. I'm looking for. Uh, I'm. We're still going to have a, a, um, a supply and demand problem over mm-hmm. the course of the next probably three years still. But affordability and everything else has offset that problem and inter- interest rates. So I feel like we're going to come down to some healthy rates and some some and and continue with our supply and demand problem and. And we just need to continue, Kyle, you and I need to continue to inspire the people around us mm-hmm. to get into real estate, to buy real estate, and to hang on to it for as long as they don't need well, to sell it. Well, because like what we talked about last week, the investment, as an as investment property too, because as these as this affordability problem goes up, these interest rates, these interest rates are going up, institutional investors are buying up pro- rental property, just like we said, and people are getting pushed into the rental market, like we said last week. Rents are going to keep going up. So what you can make off that property is going to keep going up and, you know, get in the game if you want to, if you want to play. The next, the next phase, Kyle's going to be assumptions. <laughs> you right, can't Steve, win Steve, a game you remember you the 80s play. when we had assumptions? That's, that's what's going to happen again. It's going to, um, that's going to be the next phase of this whole game is we're going to be selling houses with, uh, assuming, assuming these two and three and four percent loans because, we're at normal seven and eight percent, and nobody wants to sell those houses. Oh, good old! It's funny, different markets you can operate in, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's all different. People right. think it doesn't change. 
good discussion, Kyle. I think I feel like we need to have this almost constantly, right? Not not necessarily on this podcast, but I feel like we're constantly having this conversation with people, and 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 it's important. The only thing constant is change, right? So mm-hmm. that's right. All right, like we'll close, close us out. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions or want to talk about a recession not equal to housing bust, <laughs> give us a call at 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney show at com, or stop by in downtown Mansfield and come come talk to us. Pop you know. in on us like <laughs> other people do. <laughs> well, thank you guys for checking in, and we are out. We out. Later.